Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln. You need to be more like a doll. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakoven and Nathan Brennan. Happy Monday to everybody out there. This is the Ticket Water Cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket. And if you listen to the happy hour, well, you've got the same people right along here for the Ticket Water Cooler. It'll be that way all week as uh, Nick and Rico, excuse me, not Nick, uh, Nate and Rico are uh, taking much-deserved vacation. That means Nick is in studio with me. It also means that we're quite busy folks. I mean, I, I stayed here and uh, manned the fort this morning. Uh, Nick had to run off uh, and go to practice, get some practice sound bites. And therefore has not eaten yet, so and so he's uh, going ahead and getting a few bites in uh, before we get going here, which is a much deserved lunch. Uh, I don't know how much of a lunch it is. Sorry, it's like three sorry, hash Buck. browns. But. Yeah, I, I got there were some hash browns from McDonald's in the fridge, so <laughs> that sounds we appetizing. <laughs> we warmed them up, and they taste pretty good. So. Uh, yeah, I'm microwaved just... hash browns from yesterday. Wait, wait. Are they from yesterday? <laughs> I would think so. Oh, okay. I didn't know if anybody had them this morning. Oh, I don't know. Maybe they are from this I think morning. It's, I think it's probably from this morning because we weren't here yesterday. Oh, yeah. But they had... Uh, they, and I guess they did Sunday have Sunday morning, morning pancakes. pancakes. Yeah. Well, so I either I've yesterday or today. History. I'll go ahead and tell you. Those are yesterdays. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. I warmed them up. And uh, I think the key, though, Bach, when you warm things up, you got to flip them over. Yeah, that could be. Okay, so I flipped it over halfway through. Microwaved <laughs> them for 30 seconds, flipped oh, yeah, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flipped them, cooked them for another 30 seconds, and they're pretty tasty. I mean, they're yeah. kind of greasy, but you know, what do you expect? Yeah, that's what you get there. But you do know, too, like usually, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think especially for hash browns, I like the crispiness. Well, I mean. You're not going to get much crispiness of a microwave. It, I mean. You're kind of getting it at the edge there. Yeah, the, so, the crispiness might be from the aging of it instead come of come on, no, the don't say that. Of it. It, it's fine. Um, yeah, no, I just you know I I, I didn't get lunch and yeah. uh, it, this is my lunch now. Well, so. There you go. Because now we're in this. I mean, after the show, it's going to be four o'clock, and it's like, do I want to eat now or do I? Would I rather just wait and eat dinner at six? Yeah. So. And then you don't want to eat too close to bedtime. The, well, see, yeah, that that part, and then there's also a part of me that's like, I don't want to be that guy that eats at like four and then is willing to eat again at six. Like that just makes me feel really gross about myself. <laughs> so, well, if you if you're just doing the intermittent fasting thing, if you're just eating maybe a few hours of the day, that could be healthy for you as long as it's not too close to bedtime. I just gotta, yeah. So you know, it's better than starving myself, but. Um, Yes, we're having hash browns, three hash browns. Yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a good lunch and for anyone. I've, I've eaten two and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two and a half of them. <laughs> it's it's a very, also very odd because you're eating like portions of them. It's not like two and a half and there's just half one sitting there. That's like <laughs> so, parts of three yeah, hash you browns. Had to, you had to there. rip it in half. <laughs> I ripped it in half to warm it up. And we also didn't have any forks, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. so I'm eating with a spoon. Yes. Because I didn't want to get my hands all greasy. Yeah, so. yeah, you don't want to touch those things. <laughs> Especially since <laughs> I found out that they're from yesterday. 
Why'd you let me warm them up? <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna keep eating them. I told you there was food in the fridge. I thought you were gonna grab one of the like the the prepared meals. Those are good for a few days. You went with the hash browns. Well, they were sitting on top, and oh, I was yeah. like, I'll just grab whatever. The quickest on top. thing probably to warm up. Yeah, yeah. So, so I didn't want to be in here eating a chicken parmesan during our show. <laughs> I figured I could sit here and cut up some hash browns while yeah we're talking, just like I am right now. People that aren't on stream have no clue that I am eating hash browns right now. That's right. You and can't so even I just tell. He's uh, it's in providing content for us. I, I like the exactly. I like this content here. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was thinking about something with a diet. Um, Nah, I lost it. Though. You're on a diet. You're on a diet. No, I was just thinking uh, because I've tried. I've tried the intermittent fasting thing. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. Have you ever tried? Like, I think it's fairly healthy if you just fast one day out of the week. Have you ever tried that? Like, not eat. Yeah, I'm like, out. Drink water and such. I could never. I could never. One I, day. Yeah, I don't think I could. You almost made like, it today. I did, and there's probably <laughs> been days that I've come even closer. Um, but I, I don't think I can do it. I, I don't like. There's such an empty feeling. When I don't eat, yeah, and and when you just have water, so I, I can't do it. And then I don't know if you just because I haven't tried it uh, quite yet because I think it would like affect my energy levels for the next day. So like, or that day as well. So which day do you do it? You know, See, you can't have anything going on the next day. I don't think. Wet blanket. I'm going to call you out. He says I got off work early and was going to drop off some Chick Fil A at the station for you guys, but I don't want Nick to eat at four and six. <laughs> well, wet blanket. If you hurry up, you'll get here before four p.m. And that theory is. Not relevant, so we'll be yeah. okay. Yeah, you can still. So leave. come on, come on over, wet blanket. Chick Fil A is always welcome from from anybody. I think I gotta warm that back up. Oh, one of them, cold. One of them got too bad. Got a little cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think there was uh, some interesting news from the college football landscape, as always, uh, with uh, NIL. Uh, of course, we're gonna get more to on the field stuff, and I can't wait for that here. Uh, in under a month, but the NIL world is still very interesting, and, and things still moving around. Things. Teams um, still kind of figuring out what to do with it. New NIL collectives coming up, and that's exactly what happened at SMU. Of course, SMU, um, Pony Express, located in Dallas. Uh, Eric Dickerson and all those guys in the past um, had the death penalty uh, imposed on it in the 80s and has never really since recovered quite to be the brand that they used to be, uh, although I did cheer for them a few years ago. I'm kind of like SMU just because – they remind me of, of college football before I was around, but still, I just think it, I, I think it's something I missed, right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I missed SMU football, so I always cheer for them. In any case, they've got a new NIL collective called the Bo- Boulevard Collective, uh, and they're looking to get about $3.5 million per year and so that they can give their football and basketball players basically a salary of $36,000 per year um, and... Uh, about three thousand per month that breaks down. So obviously that you know that works for a college student. That's well above what a college student usually gets. So the college kids will obviously be happy. But I feel like that's the way to go, right? I, th- I feel like at least initially we all talk about how it's imbalanced and all these different nil deals that that people are are getting. Um, if I'm SMU right now, you see all this conference realignment. You're kind of on the outside looking in to to jump up and and try to build. Um, a, a, a system to me that makes a lot of sense. You're not, you know, overly recruiting one guy to the next. It's not any pay for play. It's like, Hey, you're going to get the same deal. Any of our mm-hmm. other 25 scholarships get at this time, uh, through this collective. And then from there, obviously you can do whatever you you, you can with your name from there. But, um, I feel like that's the model that makes the most sense to me. If we're trying to put guardrails on the NIL and, and try to figure it all out. 
I think that that's the future of NIL to a degree. When you talk about conference realignment in the NIL part, when you're SMU, I mean, what's the most likely conference that they could join? Probably the Big 12? Yeah, you would think so, but they got so, skipped over in the That's true. In the picks. So it's super fascinating, this whole... I know we want to talk NIL, but the conference realignment part is, is super fascinating to me because it's like the race for who the third conference is going to be. Who's going to be behind a, a tier, a, a leg down from or a step down from the Big Ten and SEC, who's going to be the next conference in line, right? Because, like, the ACC might be, but also the Big 12, I, I think it's the Big 12. Like, I think there's extreme value in adding a UC, UF, or UCF and uh, value in adding BYU as well. And if you're SMU, how do you not get how – do, how do you help yourself, Bach? I guess this is a question for you. How do they help themselves not get skipped over? Is is this like a, is this helping them not get skipped over? I would think like a, a dedicated commitment from the from collectives um, would help. It's just it's 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 hard from their position. I think that this is a, a good move, um, but maybe maybe part of it too is still that stain from the death penalty. Maybe yeah. there is some type of feel about adding SMU. Um, I. I think their best chance has already passed them. I think it was okay. the Big 12. Um, and, uh, you know, they obviously went a different direction with Cincinnati and, and, and BYU and UCF. Uh, and uh, who's the other one there? Houston. Houston, yeah, Houston, which would, would be the, uh, you know, the other one there because um, SMU's in Dallas. So that would, you know, you kind of get in your big yeah. market in Texas. Um, but they still are in Texas. They're still in Dallas. Um, maybe they can can rise again and, and through something like this. It, it, it you know, if, if you show that the money's there, because that's what this whole thing is about, exactly. right? Uh, as far as, as as flipping conferences and getting money involved, uh, it's all it's all uh, followed by bags, and uh, that's what that's what uh, SMU is at least proposing here. It's it's interesting, you know, if you can raise that kind of money, because I'm I'm fascinated too as we do get into the the conference realignment talk, is what does happen to uh, those conferences, if they are kind of frozen out of the college football playoff discussion, do you still have this type of money interested yeah. in helping boost SMU football from what would be seen then as, I guess, uh, a, a step above the F FCS, but a step below the major conferences that is getting all the yeah. money in college football? I don't know if your donors there, even though, you know, alumni, whatever, might be more interested in helping Houston or somebody say, that's, I, that's. I think it's going to turn into when you said you know a step above the FCS, but a step below everybody else, right? Yeah, I, I think you're going to start to see it phase into all FCS. I think so, because like if you think about recruiting, what's going to be a guy, a team that's in that middle tier there? What's going to be their recruiting pitch to a guy, right? It's it's going to be, listen, you can come here and you'll be a step above the FCS, but you're not going to be competing for a national champion like championship like you would be in the Big Ten, the SEC, or the Big 12. So I think it's I think you're going to see recruiting really start to take a take a toll on, or the inability to recruit if you're one of those middle-tier schools, really going to start taking a toll on, on the coaches because they're not going mean, to – what's their pitch going to be? It's normal – I mean, think about it. Pitches for recruiting is – you can come come here and be the best. You can come here and and take us to the next level to win a conference title, to win a to win a national title, to make get us to do a New Year's Six Bowl to the playoff. And and now I guess we're talking higher level recruits and we're saying yeah, those yeah. kind of things. But they're like you're going to see recruiting start to phase off, and then you're going to see teams like a North Dakota State really take a step up. I think 
because they're going to say, hey, there's not much different between us and Oregon State. There's not much difference. We've had a much better history of winning. What have you done for me lately? A lot of national champions for the folks up in Fargo, not very many in Corvallis. So it's like, I I think you're going to start to see that playing field even out with a lot of the top talent going to the main three conferences that we're talking about. Well, and and who knows when that's going to happen too, because as we, as we talk about uh, mega conferences, super conferences and, and certain conferences being left out, at this point, you're just adding Power 5 schools, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, because the Big 12 went out there and added Power 5 schools. Um, as long as the Pac-12 now with 10 teams, they might do the same, you know? So mm-hmm. you might just expand your Power 5 range, and then does it break down from there? And and then get into kind of the, the bigger conferences. Um, and then, you know, when, when that does happen, whoever is that third conference, the ACC, Big 12, whatever it may be, um, are they more interested in your traditional Power Fives? Or are they yeah. saying, hey, here's here's a Power Five school? I mean, it's just fascinating to see what happens. It's it's unpredictable. But I think, do you think that there is a, a, a realm, I suppose, out there where um, uh, these Power Five conferences stick around? And it, because it, it, it's it's strange. So, yeah. It's so imbalanced. There's 16 teams here, mm-hmm. 12 teams here, 10 teams here, 14 teams there. It's not even, that's for sure, but it's certain. And it, and, it, and it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be yeah. like if you had a, a playoff of eight teams, you're not just going to automatically take the Pac 10's yeah, no way. champion if you don't know, have to battle through the SEC and Big Ten, uh, even if you have two or three losses compared to a one loss Pac 10 team at that time. Yeah, I don't think, I, don't, I, I just don't see a way that they'll keep Power Five schools around. Or like Power Five conferences, I should say. Structure. All together. I, I just don't. So like, for the biggest reason of the uneven numbers, yeah. right? Because like you look at, I mean, now especially with USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten, you look at just comparing conferences, right? And you have to assume that there's still smoke somewhere in the near future about Oregon and Washington moving. And because they don't want to be there, they're too, like Oregon especially is too good of a of a program and an institution to be in a in a dying Pac-10 conference, Pac-12 conference. Notre Dame similar way. You got to imagine that here like here's the thing, the only key thing keeping Notre Dame back was their TV deal. That's the only thing keeping them back. So even if this thing does take 4 years until their deal is up, it's eventually it's inevitable. It's going to happen because it's one of those things, it's a cutthroat business basically as we all know. Because it's either eat or be eaten. Join the group or be left in the dust. Mm. And and Notre Dame, there's no way that, number one, Notre Dame's going to allow that to happen to themselves. Or, number two, college football as a collective unit is going to allow Notre Dame to just be left in the dust. They're, they're too valuable yeah. to college football as a whole. Well, and they've, they just kind of have the, you know the different powers. When you look at like the, the co- college football playoff, for instance, you've got all the conference commissioners... And the Notre Dame athletic director, but yeah. I think there's a chance that they, you know, uh, stay independent, sign another TV deal because that's the frustration is is with Notre Dame when they're talking about jumping into your conference, they want a bigger piece of the pie yeah. than what you're giving out to everybody else because they understand that their brand should command that, and it does, mm-hmm. and they, so they know the power position that they're in, um, and and that's fascinating too. By the way. I, I, I'm really fascinated by that stuff, too, because when you look at the Big Ten, um, the newbies have not gotten favorable schedules at all. No. Uh, also, Nebraska, Maryland, um, and, and Rutgers didn't get a full share of the money right away. Mm-hmm. USC comes in, 
They're a bigger brand. They understand they they bring the Los Angeles market. They demand that full share right away. But I'm fascinated by what it's going to do to the scheduling. Because as we know, if if you're you're here in Nebraska, you understand you've played Ohio State (laughs) and Michigan, and you're playing all the tough games. And to a degree, that makes sense. It's your brand. That's what they brought you to the Big Ten for is to get those games in there. But it's somewhat uneven scheduling. Uh, The same thing has happened when you look at Penn State. Uh, there, yeah. there, there's been a few, there was a few weeks ago, there was a big dust up kind of from the Penn state crowd, because I think, you know, since they joined the big 10 in the early nineties, mm-hmm. they've had 17, I don't even, I don't even know how many seasons it'd be up closer to like 30, 31 seasons, whatever it is. Um, but they have only had like three home openers in the Big Ten. Yeah, home openers. They're always that. playing on the road. I saw – well, I don't know if you saw this. They're starting – they opened conference season at Purdue this year. Yeah. And Purdue – so as Penn State does a whiteout, Purdue's doing a blackout. Oh, are they? Nice. So it's like this huge conflict and, and trying to, like, rub salt in the wound that you're going to be – you're you're not at home and you're not going to be have anything like you do at home. So it's, it's kind of interesting. Well, here's another thing I would say. There's a, there's a chance here when – those two teams do join the Big Ten Conference, that the scheduling is even worse than it was with Nebraska. Because think about this. There's probably going to be no divisions. There's probably not going to be any divisions at that time. So you're not going to have to play the entirety of the Big Ten West like Nebraska did it that that year. They're going to, or I guess the legends or leaders, whatever it was at the time. And so like if you sit here now, if if USC were to join this year, they and let's say they join the Big Ten West, then their two hardest games would be their crossover games. But now you're sitting here, and if there's no divisions, it's the wild, wild west for who they could play. They could play everybody. They could play. They they might have to play Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, and they don't have to play Purdue, Illinois, yeah. Indiana. Like it probably won't be that extreme. But there's not going to be any rules to say you have to play these five or six other teams because they're in your specific division because you're not going to have divisions. Yeah. So there's a there's a possibility that it even is worse than Nebraska had it or Nebraska's had it or Penn State has it right now. Because let's be real, you're sitting here now in Nebraska, what's, what's our conversation? They don't have to play Ohio State. They don't have to play Ohio State and Michigan State this year. Yeah. They don't have to do that this year. Those were their two crossovers, or excuse me, they had Michigan also. But if you if you swap out last year Ohio State and Michigan State and sub in two of the worst teams Rutgers and Indiana, then you're feeling a lot better about last season because there's a, probably a chance that you're five and seven, or you feel worse because you're three and nine, or you're three and, and nine, you and still you, lost, you still lost some way to worse teams. Yeah, uh, but no, I get what you're saying. I, I can't wait to see what the scheduling is going to look like. Of course, because too, if you think about the pod system, which has gained a lot of traction. Mm-hmm. You know, Nebraska would likely be in the USC UCLA pod. Yeah. Um. So you know, just because uh, of geography, even though they're nowhere close, they're as close as you get in the Big Ten. So, um, that would be fascinating. You start a little bit of a rivalry there. I don't know what Nebraska's rivalries are going to look like in the future. It's got to be USC. You got to protect. Do you protect Iowa? Do you keep them in the I, pod? I think. I think you keep Iowa. I I, I think it's USC UCLA and Nebraska. Yeah. I, I truly do. Um. Because as much as Nebraska fans want to say they have, they have other rivalries with other Big Ten schools, or, or they want they don't, unfortunately. Um, and I think it would just make more sense. You you talk about geography, and not that it matters in college football nowadays, but you talk about geography, and that that plays a part into it, I suppose. So you have USC, UCLA, Nebraska, and Iowa, but then 
you're going to have Northwestern and you're going to have Wisconsin pissed because they don't get Iowa. <laughs> that's right, yeah. So it's it's truly going to be fascinating. But I do think that some way, and that's where if you talk about, let's say the Big Ten decides to go with the, the three permanent opponents, right, system. Mm-hmm. Um, as somebody says on the text line, Iowa isn't even a rival. Hey, listen, but it's geography-wise. Exactly. It's as close as you can get it. Or as close as Nebraska has to one. But if you go with the three permanent opponents, you got to think USC and UCLA are in there. Yeah. Like, you you just have to think. Um, because if, if you're Ohio State, are you going to give up the, the Michigan game? No way. Do you want Ohio State and Michigan State every year? Probably. Like, you, you want those, those trademark, those traditional games that you're used to from Ohio State and from Michigan. And it's like Nebraska is just kind of the odd man out right now where it's like, all right, you get USC and UCLA. It's just sad for Nebraska because their historical rival, again, was ruined by Texas mm-hmm. uh, when they joined the Big Big 8 and made the Big 12 and split up Oklahoma. And there's just this, you know, I understand why someone would say Iowa is an rival. You heard the same thing about Colorado back yeah. then. They'll never be Oklahoma. And there's nobody that ever can be Oklahoma. Oklahoma is Oklahoma. Unless Nebraska finds a way to put a, set a non-con with them every year, um, then you're not going to replace Oklahoma. And, yeah. that, that, and so thank God they have them this year. They had them last year. They got them scheduled down the line. But I don't know if that's going to happen. If you're going to have non-con games when you have 16 conference opponents, um, yeah. you know, you might just play an all-conference schedule. Um, and I, But for what it's worth, USC at least could match you historically. So whenever you talk about agree. Nebraska and Iowa and Colorado, that was part of the problem is like, well, they're not, they're not historically a great team. You know, geograph- geographically, we can kind of mix it up with some of their fans. And that would that would be another problem again once you get to Nebraska-USC is how many USC fans do you talk to in a, on a day-to-day yeah, basis? Not. not very much. Colin Cowherd. And, yeah, just hear from him. And then the other, the other thing is if they're not good, they won't care. They'll just they'll tell, start talking to you about the, mm-hmm. the Rams or the Dodgers or the Lakers and be like, that's we're talking college football right now. Well, so what's interesting here um, – is when you talk about the all-conference schedule block, I'm curious to see how much weight wins and losses matter in the college football playoff discussion. Yeah, with when when if you if you did play an all-conference schedule, because think about it, like you have nothing to compare yourself to as a conference as a whole, right? We we talk about what conferences have the most respect right now. It's Ohio State, or not? Excuse me, it's not Ohio State. It's Big Ten, SEC, and. Uh, then it's which one's next? ACC probably. Yeah. So it's like you have no nothing to measure yourself against because you're not playing the ACC. You're not you're not having the Alabama versus Texas matchup right now like you are with an SEC Big Twelve type of thing. You're not having and and what what allows a a conference to get respect over time is in those non conference games the Big Ten beating the Pac-12 or the Big Ten beating the ACC year after year, and those same teams that beat the teams from the Pac-12, the top teams in the Pac-12, it, it, it helps them when they have, find success in the postseason as well. And so that's what allows your conference to get over the top. But if there's just if you're just playing an all-conference schedule, you're not able to match up Alabama and Ohio State in the regular season. Yeah. So you don't know which conference is truly better. You can because you, you can only compare with what teams you have in that in that conference. Well, I think it, that's why it only makes sense for sense if they go go with that model for a quite a bit of an expanded playoff. Yeah. Like Twelve teams, um, because you know again. 
to me, I'm not. I don't get too hurt about the 13th team when you play in a sport that used to cut it off at two. Yep. Uh, you can't complain if you're the 14th best team or whatever, 13th best team, and you say, like, "Well, we deserve to get in the playoffs." Well, maybe you deserve to get in whatever scenario playoff this is, but you're not really in the national championship discussion. So if you get left out, out to me, so be it. But I guess maybe that's uh, a mindset from a, bulls are dying. A, a older, yeah, bulls are definitely dying. Bulls are dying. Um, what do you think about late, like a late con instead of opening up with non con, mm -hmm. finishing with a non con game similar to what they, you it, know, Georgia, Georgia Tech, uh, Florida, see, Florida here's State. the thing like, it, it, it's okay if as long as they are quality games, yeah, right, yeah, because there's this thing there, there's a, an un how do I want to say this? Um, it's not public. But we all know it's this unwritten statement or unknown statement, basically, that um, I, I'm losing the words that the first couple games of the season, most of the time are against easier opponents against the FCS opponents, and it's going to allow you to get your feet underneath you. So my my problem is that if you want non-conference opponents in the end of the, near the end of the season, then they need to be against quality opponents. Because now you're going to have, I do not want Nebraska to ever be in the position that they are in. I never want to play a Bethune-Cookman again. Like, I understand <laughs> right. in that situation, in that stage of the season. Yeah. Because here's the thing, like, um, I understand that that year was a special circumstance with Akron getting canceled. Like, I understand that there was special circumstances. And, and, and those are going to happen, and that's understandable then, I suppose. But I never want Nebraska to be in a position where they're in week 13, they're playing Tennessee Chattanooga. Or I, I never want them to be playing the Citadel like Alabama yeah. does in Week 12. Like I, I never want them to get to that point where they are playing that kind of team because it, it doesn't do anything for you. Like the wins against for Alabama, for for example, a win against the Citadel does not do anything for what they need in the playoff. Like if you're if you're a if you're a fringe college football playoff team, in my opinion. Then a win against the Citadel in Week Eleven is not going to do anything for you. It almost hurts you because somebody exactly. else is making a move. Because that somebody week. else is going to be able to beat a, I don't know, a Northwestern. Like even a win against Northwestern looks better than a win against the Citadel or Tennessee Chattanooga. So I'm okay with that as long as you're getting the the Nebraska Buffalo or not Nebraska Buffalo, Nebraska Oklahoma or yeah. Nebraska Cincinnati, like it's going to be in a couple years or. Um, Tennessee and gee whiz, Tennessee and Michigan State. Like yeah. as long as they're quality matchups, I think you can you can argue that it's okay. Well, and that might replace bowls. Like schedule a game near yeah, the end of the exactly. season, exactly. And then I don't know if they'd have the same mentality. The players might skip because it's out of conference play. I'm not sure, but if you schedule a rival there, yeah, then maybe it amps it up a little bit because I I, I haven't seen too many people skipping the Florida Florida State game or Georgia Georgia no. Tech game or. Uh, what's it? Clemson, South Carolina. There's a few of them. Yeah. There. Um, gosh, they got to get Texas and Texas a and back. Auburn, Alabama. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Texas, well, those, that's Texas a conference game. That isn't. That's the. Yeah. It's the I guess Texas Bowl. and Texas A&M will be, too. But now are, are you worried that as a as a media pet member to forget or just have to be remember reminded on who is in what conference here in a couple years? No, because they give us enough time to kind of like in my mind, Texas and Oklahoma are already in the SEC. Really? Yeah. Okay. So when I watch them this year, it's going to be like, and I kind of think that way too. And I'm watching the Pac-12. I'm going to be cheering for USC and UCLA, and if they win, I'm going to say, yeah, Big Ten, baby. Big Ten, baby. Take Big that Pac-12. Yeah. Big Ten football winning that conference. 
which would have been nice, too, if Nebraska left the Big 12 with that championship. They were so close. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, Lee Corso turned 87 yesterday. How about that? Is it Lee, possible? Lee Corso. Is it possible to replace Lee Corso on college game day? I don't know. We'll talk about that next year on the on the Ticket Water Cooler, 93.7 The Ticket.